0: This is California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Satirius Johnson. California's Shasta Cascade region in the state's far north features scenic volcanoes, cool lakes, and an array of friendly, fascinating characters. This episode, I talk with filmmaker Audie Carlisle. Her series, Shasta Stories, is a unique glimpse into what makes the people and the area worth getting to know. But first, musical guest Jessica Malone. The singer and musician talks about why her love of California Especially the area around Mount Shasta often plays a starring role in her songs. She also treats us to a live performance. That's coming up on California Now. California's natural splendor has inspired generations of artists, writers, and musicians, and my next guest puts that tradition on full display. Jessica Malone is a singer, songwriter, and guitar player who grew up in Mount Shasta City, located just west of the captivating mountain of the same name. Her style ranges from folk and Americana to bluesy and just lovely, and the music often reflects the unique beauty of California's Shasta Cascade region. Welcome to California Now, Jessica.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. So so we just heard the opening of your latest single, Sweet Sunlight. Tell us a bit about the inspiration behind the song.
1: So Sweet Sunlight um, was inspired by a beautiful day that I spent out at the river. And I was lying on the just a riverbank and I like really clear, crystal clear swimming holes. I call them mermaid baths. <laughs> and so uh, and I, I get that from, you know, growing up in Growing up in Mount Shasta and just having so much, so much beauty there and beautiful places to go swim in. So I was like, I was lying on the on the riverbank and it just felt so good and I was just like so blissed out from the sunshine and just felt so wonderful and I wanted to write a song that captured that same feeling. So sounded sounded like sunlight.
0: Yeah, I mean, some of the lyrics are about just like relaxing next to the river, you know, having what sounds like a pretty idyllic time. And I know you have a full band on the studio version but I was wondering if you might treat us to a live performance and let us hear a bit more of the song
1: absolutely
2: sweet sunlight sweet Sunlight shine down on me. Ooh. Shine down on.
0: was great. Oh, you really capture kind of like, I'm just so relaxed right now. Yeah, <laughs> you really capture for. that feeling of just like <laughs> sitting by the river, just like hanging out, relaxing. It's so great. It's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, that that love of fresh air in California seems like a, a theme in a lot of your work. Uh, where does that come from?
1: You know, growing up in Mount Shasta really shaped to him as a person. The mountain is right there. You know, Mount Shasta City is a really small town and the mountain is over 14,000 feet tall. And so Mm -hmm. you're looking up at just over 10,000 feet of mountain because of the elevation of the town. And growing up in the middle of the woods with nature everywhere, I have always been very connected to nature. And that's where I go when I want to feel grounded um, and when I want to feel connected and the most like myself. And that's where some of my best songs come from is when I'm in that space.
0: So for somebody who's never been to Mount Shasta City, can you kind of describe it for them? Like, what was it like growing up there? What is it like, you know, for people, you know, when they come to visit?
1: So the city itself, it's right off I-5 and there's like two main streets. There's Mount Shasta Boulevard and Lake Street. And that's where all the, um, there's like some local shops along Mount Shasta Boulevard and up. And then if you keep going up, you can drive right up Everett Memorial to Bunny Flat and you're on the mountain. And there's hiking and just camping and lakes and rivers and just so much outdoor activity and cool places to go. Um, right on that same street going up, there's the fifth season where you can get all kinds of gear uh, to go do all that fun outdoor stuff. Um, lots of cool restaurants and yeah, just this small town outdoorsy good nature vibe in the in the town. Growing up there was great.
0: I know that you're based outside of Sacramento uh, now in the town of Newcastle, but I have to ask, do you ever make it back to the area around Mount Shasta?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I've been playing music up there quite a bit. I go up there for fun, too. I like to go visit. And I play the Blackberry Festival. That's at Mount Shasta City Park. Um, And then I just played their Mount Shasta Summer Concert Series this last summer. I brought my full band up. And that's in Shasta's Park. So there's some cool videos where we're playing, and then the mountains behind us. Yeah, I go up there. I go up there quite a bit, and I have a few spots I always like to make sure I, I I get to.
0: Oh, and we want to hear all about them. So tell us some of the. What are some of the spots you like to hit when you when you visit?
1: The Sacramento River, the headwaters to the Sacramento River, are at Mount Shasta City Park. That's where the water goes through the underground lava tubes, right? Starts up high on the mountain, goes through the underground lava tubes and then comes out right at Mount Shasta City Park. And a lot of people go there. You can just get water right out of the headwaters and it's crystal clear and pure. And I, I just love visiting there. And it's the park that I played in as a kid and then get to go. I got to go back and play the Blackberry Festival. It's just a really beautiful place. And just, it's such a cool thing that the river starts there. Yeah, so I I love that. And then the ski park in the winter, Mount Shasta ski park is is a really cool, cool park. Um, And I love going to the lake there. You go past the dam and you get to go to the lake. Bunny Flat is a cool place I like to bring my friends when I visit, you get to drive right past the high school and up onto the mountain. And then Bunny Flat, you can stop, you can go snowmobiling, sledding. And in the summer, you can hike up and you're on the mountain. So you really feel like you're like you're getting a close look at it and great views and pictures and all that.
0: You also have uh, a song called Gold Flowers of the West. That's, that's kind of a love letter to this part of California. I wonder if you might uh, play some of it for us.
1: Sure.
2: Wasn't born in a big old mansion I don't need a million things Cause my voice Was meant for singing in these hands Built for strings Whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. Cross the desert, see the ocean. Winding highway through the fog. The coast, she cries out to me anytime I stay away too long. Whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, gold flowers of the west. They call me home from the riverbanks, the fields, and the meadows. In the sun, they take away my breath. Gold. Flowers of the West, gold flowers of the West. I wanna get lost in the redwoods and find myself on a mountainside. All the while, a lonely violin is playing through my mind. Oh. Restless and weary, sleepless nights They feel so long and I need comfort When I get there I'm gonna lay In California's arms Oh, I'm gonna lay in California's arms Gold flowers of the west They call me home From the riverbanks The fields and the middles In the sun, they take away my breath Gold flowers of the way
0: So beautiful. Thank you. That was great. Oh my gosh. Beautiful song. I mean, in the, in the lyrics you you write about feeling pulled back whenever you're away for too long. Why do you think that is?
1: You know, that song speaks to all of the beauty that's in California. That's just a drive away. The desert, the ocean, the rivers, the mountains, the redwoods. And so I've been to a lot of beautiful places and I always feel like, man, California is uh, California it. <laughs> I love it. <them. laughs> oh my gosh, everything. And so that song I wrote is my my love song for California, and um, you know it just speaks to all those beautiful places, honors the landscape in California, and also that I do I miss it when I leave.
0: So Jessica, do you have like any? specific memories from growing up there that really kind of stand out to you that just are just so memorable, like you'll never forget?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of this one memory. I was, it has to do with the snow. I was about six years old. I think it was 1991 because that was the, uh, we had the record snowfall in one night that year. It was six feet, maybe over six feet. Oh wow! Yeah. (laughs) It was a lot of snow. And so (laughs) we couldn't drive our cars and my mom put put me on some cross-country skis and we cross-country skied to the grocery store so we could get groceries. And we were, <laughs> we were cross-country skiing back. And it was just such a special thing that was happening, right? The news was there. And so we got interviewed uh, by the news while we were cross-country skiing. And I was not used to being in front of people at that time. So I think I was a little embarrassed as a kid, but it was just, oh. yeah, <laughs> I was like, what's happening? But it was just such a fun, just such a fun, cool memory of cross country skiing to the grocery store with my mom.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we also lived up a really steep hill for a while and we couldn't drive our car up in the snow. We had my grandpa's old Bronco and it wouldn't make it up the hill. And mm-hmm. so I had to walk uphill in the snow barefoot uphill both ways oh, wow! <laughs> we would sled down to the car in the morning on the way to school and i just thought that was so fun i just i love thinking uh, about, about that
0: <laughs> yeah not not your typical kind of uh school commute
1: northern northern california mountain girl stuff
0: <laughs> that's so great wow amazing well jessica this has been really great thank you so much for joining us on california now
1: oh thanks for having me this has been really fun
0: Jessica Malone is a singer-songwriter who grew up in Mount Shasta City, California. Her website is jessicamalonemusic.com, and you can find her songs on Spotify and Apple Music. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visit slash podcast. This is California Now. Today's episode only scratches the surface of everything California's vast Shasta Cascade region has to offer. It's truly a best-kept secret, with more than 10 state and national parks, like Lassen Volcanic National Park and Lava Beds National Monument, and nearly 30,000 square miles of uncrowded, unspoiled spaces. That makes it the perfect place to visit if you've been craving fresh air, pure relaxation, a scenic drive down a backcountry road, or a view of a waterfall. Upstate California is an incredible hub for outdoor adventure, whether you love hiking, kayaking, fishing, camping, or just someplace quiet to look up at the stars. Stay in Redding for easy access to the region's major attractions and evening entertainment. For more on everything Upstate California has to offer, visit UpstateCA.com. Again, that's UpstateCA.com. If you want to explore a part of California with a lot to discover, the vast Shasta Cascade region in the state's northeast is full of possibilities. My next guest, filmmaker Audie Carlyle, has recently made a project of getting to better know the place and the people there. Her documentary series, Shasta Stories, highlights the humanity, history, humor, and fortitude of Siskiyou County locals and culture. Welcome to California Now, Audie.
3: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. So let's start with your own story. Uh, You grew up in the area, uh, then left to launch a career and then returned not that long ago, right?
3: Correct. Yeah, I grew up in Mount Shasta, which if you don't know it, it's about 3,000 people. It's pretty rural. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. ever since I was 11, I actually wanted to be a fashion designer. And I made a plan and then I actually did that. And so I was living in San Francisco and New York for well over a decade, actually, working as a fashion designer. I got to the point where I really liked working with 3D elements, but I, m- I missed a story. Over time, I think I was looking for another opportunity to satisfy that desire in me. And so I got asked by a friend of mine this Broken cowboy from Texas who had <laughs> literally broken his neck twice oh boy. trying to. He was a bull rider. And then because he got told that he could never bull ride again, he decided to take up cold water surfing on the west coast of Ireland. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to film this. I went over there to Ireland with him and I just started filming everything. And that was the first time I introduced myself as a filmmaker. Uh, COVID happened. And I realized that I didn't want to be back in New York. And so I came back to Mount Shasta. You know, totally surprised. I had never intended to come back to Mount Shasta. I loved large cities, but I did want to be in nature more.
0: So once you were back at Mount Shasta, was there a light bulb moment where you realized, I'm going to make short documentaries where locals tell all their stories?
3: I felt like the universe had sent me back to shasta and said you need to understand where you came from and and what is your home and so i was processing all these thoughts about home and what it means to me and what is it that i like and don't like and choose i remember i was in town with my mom and we saw this this man about 50 who was painting windows on a little cafe you know and they were really classic like he had painted a, a santa claus it was around christmas and, uh, you know, some Merry Christmas. And and yet his environment that he had created, I wanted to be in his world. He had a little boombox with an iPod, I think. He had his old Pathfinder. He had a lassie collie dog there. And I just thought, who is this guy? And he had lived in Mount Shasta since about a year before I was born there. And I had never met him. So I just asked him if I could kind of follow him around so he said yeah yeah like tomorrow I'll be painting at the tri-county bank and the next day I'll be you know painting at the hardware store so I started filming him and each day I would just go hang out with him and I gained his trust just by spending time with him and I saw how he observed I mean how he interacted with the other locals and I thought there's a story here I realized that he would wear this Santa hat over Christmas and he had this Santa bag that he had toys and he'd give toys to, you know, kids who would stop by and say hi. And a lot of these kids were very poor. And so there was a deeper level to a lot of what, you know, I saw people doing. So I started filming him and and, kind of just kept that to my pocket, you know. And then I started looking around at other people that I was curious about. And I think I've always just been nosy. So I was like, this is great. This is going to be my <laughs> excuse to get to know my town better.
0: So so how do you find the people you interview?
3: Sometimes I'll meet someone who seems interesting to me. So I'll just spark up a conversation out of nothing. Sometimes it'll be, you know, someone says, hey, you got to meet um, my friend. I say, who's your friend? And they're like, oh, he's, you know, a blind Cherokee Indian. And he throws tomahawks. Like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm up for that. Or sometimes it's also communities. You know, I've done I've done a, f- a little bit of filming on a, a group of people. Like we have a lot of travelers who hang out at the city park, and so I'll just go and start digging around. So,
0: I mean, would you would you say there are any kind of like through lines or organizing principles to Shasta stories?
3: So my goal is to try to show the diversity in the area because you know, you like any small towns, you have your variety of people. But because Mount Shasta is such a spiritual hub, we we have a lot of people who don't always interact. You know, we have our vortex guide leaders, we have our crystal shops, we have our healers, we have our people who host sound baths and kirtans and ceremonies and build pyramids and believe in the Lamarians <laughs> or Meditron. But then you also have your blue collar workers, you know, you have your small business owners and your ranchers and your loggers and contractors. And, um, I believe that there are through lines, but they may not see that because their circles don't overlap. The overarching through line goes back to, you know, my story, which is home. It's like, why, why is this your home? You know, why have you called whatever, maybe it's Mount Shasta, Weed, Dunsmere, McLeod, anywhere in Siskiyou County, Why have you called that your home? Mm -hmm. But through that, you know, for instance, um, I interviewed Ross Sanders, who is a third generation logger. And I also interviewed a man named Peter Mount Shasta, who's Mm -hmm. a spiritual author. And they both told stories of hearing voices in very different ways. You know, one believes in the Bible and the other one believes in St. Germain. But they had such similar stories for such different backgrounds.
0: I mean, you talk about all of these different kind of groups uh, coexisting there. Um, do Do you think that, do you feel like maybe Shasta Stories has some potential to spark conversation among these people who might not normally, you know, interact all that often?
3: I hope so. I mean, in my experience, I've seen that happening a little bit. And I don't know what happens when I'm not around. But the idea is that everyone has a story. And that's not an idea. That's a fact. <laughs> but it it is finding those relatable elements. Um, the way that I like to film is very imperfect. It's very human. Um, I have a very small s- setup with my own camera and sound. And so um, you feel like you're right there with the subject, you know, right. uh, whether you're sitting at a diner or you're, you know, sitting at a park bench or something but um that idea is on purpose you know it's to show that you know we're all humans and the viewer gets to story travel and I think the overarching goal is to be able to help create a window into someone else's life that you maybe could stereotype you know maybe they're very different than you and to give you that empathy to say oh hey you know I I also think that or I also love that location and and um yeah there's been some instances where i've heard of you know people who don't always get a chance to interact interacting and finding commonality
0: that's great yeah. okay let's let's talk about a few specific episodes now um i okay. wonder if we can start with the one about two leaf meadows who you mentioned before mm-hmm. the cherokee man let's play a quick snippet from that
3: to make the flute weep you just slide your fingers off the notes and it gives it that, that sad sound. I don't like playing them out that much.
0: So, Audie, what can you tell folks about your time with Two Leaf Meadows?
3: Two Leaf loves to tell stories and he's really good at telling stories. He is from the Bird Clan, which is part of the Cherokee tribe. And they are the spiritual leaders and storytellers and musicians. And so it was, you know, it's it's part of his nature. You know, his story is very moving. He lost his sight when he was about 25 and he's in his 50s now. So the last time he ever saw himself was then. And he has a little bit of peripheral vision. Um, but he, all of his stories are just heartbreaking heartwarming. Whenever I do a showing and I show episodes, I always love to show his because it feels like a cleanser. You know, everyone feels calmer and a little bit wiser after watching his episode. Um, But he shares about how he went, his daughter had an illness and they got to go to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And he went around the cafeteria and played flute for everyone there. And he tells this story of this boy who's you know a young a young boy who just started crying uh when he heard the flute and his and his dad said he has never had hearing and he just had his hearing installed oh wow however they do that and that was the first music he had ever heard was two leaf playing the flute oh amazing so of course he had a lot of great stories like that but i really enjoyed throwing tomahawks with two leaf.
0: <laughs> who has very low and, vision you know whether <laughs> by the way right? yeah no
3: he's <laughs> Exactly. He he just you know he traces his steps and he knows exactly where he's going and and he's good and he chops wood and he's amazing.
0: <laughs> what about the one with with Peter Mount Shasta, the spiritual leader? Talk about him a little and and some of the wisdom he imparts.
3: Peter Mount Shasta is um, very close to my heart because he's he's from New York and he ended up in Mount Shasta, which I always was curious about <laughs> so he's got a very uh, approachable way of speaking about spirituality i find uh he's got a lot of humor and he tells a story about how he felt called to rename himself after the mountain but it's not it's not the story you would expect you know it's not um he was in india and a lot of people were changing their names to be uh Indian and he thought, you know, that doesn't make sense. I'm from New mm-hmm. York. Why would I have an Indian name? So then he ended up coming back here and he had um a vision from Saint Germain who said, "You're going to change your name to that of the mountain." And he's like, "You're kidding. I'm not going to do that. Are you crazy?" So he's having this argument with Saint Germain. And uh in the end, you know, he does he does change his name to Mount Shasta. So, you know, he's he's great to listen to because he's very um he's very approachable, but he he talks about his own spiritual journey and how it used to be more complicated than it is now. You know, he used to think that you had to, you know, sit down with cross legs and get into a lotus position before you can meditate. And you don't, you know, you can have a direct line to the higher consciousness whenever you need. And he shares his perspective of, how everyone, you know, tends to think that the goal is to summit the mountain. It's to get to the top and to reach the spiritual peak. And he says, but then you're not with the people. You know, you're supposed to be down here with the people helping them.
0: Yeah, you seem to have kind of like a an overabundance of quirky, interesting people to profile. I mean, you know, for people listening right now, if they come to visit Shasta Cascade, do you think that they would bump into similar characters?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like where? (laughs) Well, it depends what you're looking for. But (laughs) I mean, you know, so for instance, at the city park on Sundays, they have drum circles. Um, There's also the headwaters, which are down there, where most people go and get free spring water. And there's always people hanging around, sitting, that are up for chatting. I'm sure you'll meet a few of the people that you'll, you know, see in my episodes. They're everywhere. You'll see them up at the ski park. You'll you'll see them hanging out at Lake Siskiyou. You just have to have your eyes open. Mm-hmm, Start a conversation mm-hmm. with a stranger.
0: <laughs> What's been the reaction to Shasta stories so far?
3: Well at first I was just showing them online. And so it was a word of mouth and uh, I never really knew who was watching them. And then once I had enough I decided that I would I would try to do a screening. So I called up our local cinema, which has a few auditoriums and I asked how much it would be to rent it. And so I decided that I would do that. And so I I booked it out and I just told everyone I knew and we sold out completely. Wow. We ended up, (laughs) that's great. We ended up having, I think that auditorium, I mean, it was like 125 people and we had packed it people showed up from all walks of life. And this was, this was everyone, you know, it was, it was the hippie who couldn't pay the ticket fee, but instead traded me a stone, you know, that they had found. Or you had, you know, the pastor, you had your retired neighbor, you had your logger, you know, you had your skiers and your landlords and, and your high schoolers. And they were all crammed in this cinema, sitting next to each other, watching all these stories. And, then we did it again and we did it three times and two of those times it completely sold out and the other one was packed. And what I realized from that is, yeah, that people were hungry, hungry to know their neighbors. I mean, maybe it was just curious and, you know, a little bit of gossip or something, but I, I think <laughs> when they got there, they got to see something very genuine. And <laughs> what was really sweet when we had this cinema showing uh, two leaf, wasn't able to attend. He wasn't able to come to watch his own episode. He was sick. And I said, hey, I know you guys don't know this guy, um, but you're going to be watching his episode. And we have a a giant card that we've made out in the foyer. So, you know, after the showing, if you feel led to, you know, leave a little get better note, feel free to. And I tell you, that card was totally filled up after the showing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like your project is really... Building community, or at the very least, strengthening the community, creating bonds within the community that maybe were never there before.
3: Mm -hmm. I hope so. I mean, our, our goal going forward right now is to get to know parts of Siskiyou County that I don't know that are further away. So that's sort of the parameter to Shasta Stories. The docu series is that it's locals, individuals, communities within Siskiyou County. But the first 17 episodes that we've done are all of the South Side. And so, um, yeah, we were able to get a little grant from the Ford Family Foundation, and we've been driving around in a little camper van. And uh, visiting other small towns like Doris, Tule Lake, Wairika, Hornbrook, in search of more stories. And in, in, in asking the locals, you know, what do you want to see and hear in these upcoming episodes? Why do you live here? What's important to you? Like, is there someone whose stories should be told? And that, you know, seeking stories that way is, is a little bit of a different method, but it's really cool.
0: Well, Audie, before I let you go, um, I'd really like to hear about some of your favorite things that we'll see if we show up. Like, what are a few of your recommendations in the area?
3: Mm-hmm. Siskiyou County has some amazing thrift stores, which might not always be the comment you guys you know get on the show. But I love thrift stores. When I was a fashion designer in New York, I would go to thrift stores like three times mm-hmm. a week, so I got to know what a good <laughs> one is, and. Uh-huh. Uh, the Weed Mercantile in the town of Weed is just a strange hole to enter. It's like walking back in time. But I would recommend <laughs> going to the Weed Mercantile because attached to that building is also a Laotian cafe. So it's called Fet's Kitchen, P-H-E-T. And mm-hmm. they serve some amazing meals, which can be very spicy if you want them to be. And then sometimes you'll also end up discovering that there's like a band practicing at the mercantile. And on, I think it's Fridays or Saturdays, they do karaoke at noon hmm. and no alcohol, just karaoke. Uh-huh. And the DJ's name is DJ Cool He's Hawaiian. <laughs> and so they call him DJ Cool So I would recommend checking out the Weed Mercantile mostly on like a Friday or Saturday. Um, Hornbrook, which is a little teeny town in between. um, It's on I-5. So if you're driving north on I-5, just before you hit the edge of California, there's a little town called Hornbrook. And that place has an amazing thrift store next to the community store. It doesn't even have a name. And it also has my new favorite saloon. It's called First and Last Chance Saloon, and it feels like walking back in time. And they make pizzas there, too. And so it's a nice little refuge to find out about because they don't advertise in any other way. So you feel like a local. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no, totally. We love the local tips. Absolutely. What about one other? Maybe, you know, I mean, the area is, is so well known for its, you know, natural beauty and things. Are there, are, is there an outdoor place that, you know, somebody visiting the area, you know, their visit would be incomplete without visiting it?
3: Probably Castle Lake. Um, Castle Lake is beautiful, it's a natural lake. Um, and if you, all you have to do is drive up seven miles up this little hill on a paved road and you'll be there but what's also great is that if you want to take a hike you can hike up to heart lake and that's about like a 30 minute hike and there's another little lake up there and that one's even colder but either way you can walk around the lake or swim across it and there's some really fun rocks to you know sunbathe on or jump off of and and then in the winter it freezes over um so you can still hike around there but you know, bring Mm -hmm. your kayak in the spring or fall and it's great. Uh, So I would recommend Castle Lake. I think it's a really beautiful natural wonder. Even to go up there and watch Mm -hmm. the stars is great. All year round.
0: Which I love to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And do do these lakes have uh, views of Mount Shasta?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. You can't see Mount Shasta when you're at Castle Lake, but on the drive up, there's a really great vista pullout. And if you hike up to Heart Lake, you have a spectacular view of Mount Shasta and Black Butte and the valley so it's you know it's very photogenic um, but I'm a water dog so I I swim I swim in Lake Siskiyou <laughs> all year round and that is you know that's my hangout there you can probably find me there swimming all the time <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great we'll look for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> well Adi this has really been great thank you so much for joining us on California Now
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Audie Carlisle is a filmmaker based in Mount Shasta, California. You can find her work online at com. That's Audie with a T. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. Thank you for listening to California Now. We hope to see you in the Golden State soon. This podcast is produced by Visit California. I'm your host, Satirius Johnson. You can find our show on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're in trip planning mode, be sure to check out the California Now blog. It's the perfect companion to the conversations you just heard on this podcast. You'll find timely and topical trend stories, the latest updates and local events, and much more. It's all at VisitCalifornia.com slash now. That's VisitCalifornia.com slash now.